Hello, hello, hello. I am Bales, and I'm your Wildly Well mentor, and this is my podcast, where together we learn to find empowerment, love, and light within life's traumas, anxieties, and fears. We begin to fill up our self-healing toolbox and can feel held and supported in a safe space, and we realize just how safe we are to transform, grow, and follow the call of our soul. So join me today as we take one step closer to being as wildly well as we can be. I am so excited to have my next guest here on this podcast. She is someone who has absolutely um, changed the trajectory of my own life in so many ways and has supported me all through on. She's one of my biggest mentors, um, someone I now call a great and amazing, beautiful friend. So without further further ado, let me welcome onto the podcast, Michelle Gad. Okay, so hello and good morning. And yeah, I'm so excited that you're here. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Bailey. I absolutely love your podcast. So to be on it as a guest speaker, I'm like freaking out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm freaking out because I just love you. So this is like such an honor for me and a dream. Yes. You have been so, so like just impactful and supportive throughout my journey. And so it's just so, I'm so excited to be able to share this space with you and you with others. Um, so yeah, let maybe tell us a bit about yourself uh, for the listeners and people that don't know you. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Michelle Gad. I am a business and mindset mentor. I have been in the business or the online space now for over four years. And I, my business was really built on my rock bottom. So I was very much in this deep I would like to call it. Um, and my business may, no, it, my business did save my life. So, and that's why part of my approach to business is this holistic business approach, because my goal here really is to help women have a space where they can heal and become confident in themselves. And not just that, but they can really know that and trust their own intuition that they are on the right path to building something that is going to provide them the freedom to live life on their terms however that looks Uh that is so beautiful I got like freaking chill attack going on over here (laughs) but do you want to just touch on a little bit like what a holistic business approach like really is just going a bit deeper into that yeah absolutely so my approach is a little bit different than, than most um, business coaches. A lot of people, they, business coaches in the online space right now are very focused on giving you like the cookie cutter way of doing things, like what works for them. And I, I say this all the time and Bailey's probably sick of hearing it, but I always say, this is your business. You get to do it your way. You didn't start your own business to do it the same way as everybody else does. It's about finding your own way. So this holistic approach is emotional, spiritual, it's physical, it's everything wrapped into one. So we work on building your confidence. We work on creating a structure that works for you and coming up with strategies so that way you're not always in your business, but rather taking on this more lean back approach and ditching the anti-hustle. The lean back. I love that. That was like, so that whole like part where the lean in and lean back kind of thing is transformed how I like go about my business. And it's been amazing. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Because I mean, I I call myself the (laughs) anti-hustler. So very much about, you know, combining masculine, lean forward, get it done energy with this feminine lean back and accept and receive energy. So if not, you're going to find you burning out. And a lot of entrepreneurs do, right? Not even just entrepreneurs, but even hardworking women in the home or in the workplace. So it's really about finding that balance for yourself. 
Oh yeah. As a mom, I think it's so easy to get like to burn out. Like you just are just as a mom, like not even doing anything outside of mothering. It is so easy to just burn out so fast because you really do like you sort of do have to care for these little kids and you think like you have to do it all and all the time and everything and you really forget to take care of yourself but there's always time to take care of yourself (laughs) yeah and a lot of time with moms I see them losing their identity right because people are like oh you're you know this person's mom like that's who you get referred to And they're like, oh, you're Michelle's mom. And I'm like, no, she's her own woman. (laughs) You know, like, so it is really about, you know, not losing yourself in the process. And that's part of the confidence, building your confidence part, because a lot of the time we lack confidence because of our inner child wounds, because of our past, because of stuff that has happened along our lives. And if we don't heal that piece of ourselves, then we, where, who are we, right? We kind of get lost in that. And even finding your icky guy. So your icky guy is finding your reason for being and being able to, okay, transform that into an online business in, in the form of how I help people in the online space. Oh, I love that so much. Yes. The, that, and I'm there, like lean towards the Dharma kind of side of things. And it's like pretty much it's pretty similar, you know, you're, that's your soul's purpose. And it's about serving others and finding that And your whole journey through life is about healing and finding and connecting deeper and deeper with that Dharma. And yeah, so that's all super, super beautiful and super, super impactful stuff. And, you know, when we're not taking care of our inner child and taking time to become aware of what wounds we may have, we are going to be so far out of alignment. And in Reiki training, you learn it as your culturally conditioned self. And that's one of the things like Reiki, um, at least the one that I'm attuned to, it really can come in and helps you heal all of that to just connect you deeper with that authentic part of you. And it can come in and do this healing without you really even knowing what like may be wrong, but it's always so it's, it's much better when you have this self-awareness and everything, which you definitely are going to be talking to today to help people, you know, become more aware of their inner child and what wounds they have and how they can go about healing it. I'm so excited for that. (laughs) Yeah, because ultimately we, our inner child wounds of affect all areas of our lives, not just our business, but in our relationships, in the way we perceive the world, right? So I actually have this real series called 20 Ways Your Childhood Conditioning Shows Up in Your Business. And the reason is, is because how we were raised as children ultimately creates our perceptions of the world and our beliefs. And everything we believe to be true stems from our childhood. It was the way, like you were saying, that cultural conditioning. So it's the way our parents raised us. It's the way our teachers spoke to us. It's the way religion, what we learned through religion, right? It's all these different aspects. It's not necessarily just your parents. Oh yeah. And it can just, and then it's ultimately now this projection of how we see the world, which is mind blowing ultimately (laughs) because whatever we believe to be true that's what we project into the world yes that is true and you know you're you're also just like you're so moved and like separated separated from your like soul self and who you were before these ideas and everything started getting into your head and and your belief system started being shifted and like you just are so end up so out of alignment and I think that's why like so many people go through their adult life feeling so miserable and just not meeting the right people and making like you know they're upset and not liking their jobs and not feeling fulfilled because they are so disconnected from their soul their inner child and all that Absolutely. And the part of it is, is we go through life subconsciously Mm -hmm. all the time. Like so many people uh, always, you get in your car and you start driving somewhere and then you're at your destination and you half the time, you don't even remember half the drive there. And you're just like, because you were subconsciously doing it. 
-hmm. every day we only take in five percent of what actually happens the rest of the time our brain is on autopilot so our subconscious mind is taking in the rest and it's filtering through our belief systems what we need to see what we need to experience with that actually I never knew I don't think I've if I was told that I never retained that information before but that's wild that like we only actually like take in five percent of what happens that's crazy yeah and it's actually less than five percent but it's just yeah your brain filters it and that's why it's this perception right so if you feel like everything bad is happening there's good things happening throughout the day your subconscious mind isn't allowing you to see that because you're believing that everything bad is happening yeah I have been there (laughs) our subconscious mind ultimately runs the show whether we like it or not Mm -hmm. and this is the part about inner child healing because when we are growing up so the age of zero to seven is one of the most important Um, times in our lives because that's when our subconscious mind is being created and we you kind of mentioned this before but when we are experiencing all these things growing up then we're storing it on our subconscious mind and it filters it into two different categories it filters it into uh time when it happened and then also so in chronological order and then also into categories So we're categorizing all this information and that includes like the highs and lows. Um, It could be anything from trauma to what we were taught, what we experienced, how our parents coped. We learned how to our own coping mechanisms. It's what, what we witnessed, right? All this stuff is then creating your subconscious mind, which ultimately is running your life now. Yeah. Without you even realizing that this is happening we're all programmed different. I picture our brain as Mm -hmm. like a computer, right? (laughs) And however it's programmed based on all that information you're getting, it's going to look differently, right? It's going to operate differently. So my experience is different from your experience, even my, my experience to my sister's experience. Yes. Because we went through life. Yes, we have the same parents, but our teachers were different. Our friendships were different, right? And that also, also impacted our subconscious mind yeah that's actually a really good point the siblings because it's not going to always be the same for everyone like I know from my personal experience too it's not like my siblings and and me we had very different you know especially in those really early like years it was a completely different experience and then throughout you know you like you mentioned different uh teachers and I think even like other kids have like an impact too like with bullying and stuff and and all that you know so it really is so unique to every single person absolutely yeah and ultimately our childhood conditioning affects our adult life in so many ways. And a lot of the time, like you were kind of mentioning, we don't even realize, right? Because we are on autopilot. So if you're not consciously choosing to look at, okay, why am I reacting this way? Why am I showing up this way? Why am I self-sabotaging, right? All these different things. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit later, but if you don't realize that your childhood had that effect on you, or you do realize it, but you don't heal it, then you're going to constantly make those same decisions and you're going to constantly show up that way. But if you have a wounded inner child, that's going to affect your self-image, that's going to affect your self-esteem, how you validate yourself, it's going to affect your confidence, it's going to affect your perception of yourself, your relationship with others and the world around you, right? Like, and the main one too is how you cope how you cope with things is so is really a big part of your inner child healing I just think about my old coping mechanisms and I know that like so much of my family is still caught in that you just sort of have to like you know let it go and like allow yourself to move forward with your own healing and know that you cannot heal others. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to heal ourselves and share our experiences in hopes that maybe it can inspire someone else, but you can never force other people into healing. (laughs) That's something I've had to come to terms with. 
You can't mm -hmm. heal the past, but you can change your future trajectory. Yeah, and that's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. We we've talked about what like being having a wounded child, but what does it mean to have a wounded inner child? So if we there's three aspects of this. If you did not feel safe, secure, or protected as a child, then you have an inner child wound because that's really all we want in life. That's like if you look back to cavemen and cave women, right? All they needed was to be safe, right? It was this like fight or flight mode and it, it was the safety mode. So that's been conditioned in our mind for so long. So if we didn't feel safe, protected or secure, then we were kind of in that flight mode. And that's kind of what that start that kicks in that inner, that wounded inner child, right? And if we didn't receive those things, we'll find it easier to blame ourselves and to blame others to, we may suppress our emotions or we act out or we find these different coping mechanisms to do that, right? So if you have a wounded inner child, then you, it may have looked like, so some of the ways that we can have a wounded inner child and some of them are like smaller and some of them are bigger if you look on like a spectrum type thing but it's like maybe you didn't receive that physical attention from your parents maybe you didn't receive hugs or kisses right to show that you were loved maybe it was that you weren't validated right it was only you were only validated when you did things right mm -hmm. and you were scolded when you did things wrong maybe it was that you were punished for speaking out or um acting differently or just being yourself so you you were almost taught not to be who you were right because it didn't fit with society norms and it made your parents feel uncomfortable or maybe it was that you were discouraged from having fun with other people or going out to play maybe it was just like they kept you inside because they were worried about what the world was like out in the out, out in the real world which it's scary but at the same time you gotta give your trust in your kids to know what is right and wrong by teaching them that right um maybe it's that they didn't allow you to be spontaneous it was like everything was maybe your parents were super type a everything was planned to a t like they knew what they were having for dinner five days later <laughs> like there was no spontaneousness um maybe they shamed you for showing strong emotions right anger sadness I told you like don't be a cry baby things like that um maybe you were verbally abused or criticized right um maybe you were physically punished right smacked or spanked or beaten or you were made to feel like you needed to take care of them so you were forced to grow up before you were like you were never able to be a kid because you were the adult I see that a lot in some people as well. Um, we were responsible for their happiness, right? That you felt like you were in charge to make them happy. So when they were sad, that was your fault, right? And that's not, that's not your fault, especially as a child. You're just, you're being a kid, right? You don't, you're still learning. You're still evolving. Or maybe it was that you weren't allowed to have your own opinions, which made you feel like you, you don't have a voice. Right. These are all different ways that can create a wounded inner child. And there's a lot more, but, yeah. but uh, we could be here all day if we got into that. So those are yeah. just a few, a few examples of how a wounded inner child is affected and how we become wounded. And I think it's important to point out too, just a lot of people still have this belief that trauma has to be this big, huge thing, but really it's anything that you experience. And at the time your nervous system just could not um, like respond to or, or work with. And so it can be anything like these are trauma. Like these are all signs of trauma too. And I think the once people wrap their head around that more, it allows, it just opens the door up for you being able to really move through this work. And yeah, the one, the, when you said about um, the parents feeling uncomfortable, that's like, oh, 
I hate that. (laughs) That made me feel sick because you as a child should not, your parents' comfort should not be determined by what type, type of things you are doing as a child. And as a mother, that one really hurts me. (laughs) Yes, I couldn't agree more. And thank you for bringing up the trauma because I completely agree. People think, well, you don't have trauma because you weren't like sexually assaulted. You weren't abused. You weren't, but these all are forms of trauma. Yeah, trauma is more so has to do about your nervous system and, and whether or not it was able to regulate in in a certain experience or not if you were experiencing things especially as a child and your nervous system was dysregulated then you are going to carry that through with you to adulthood it is the same as like you know your inner child is wounded and it's not about like minimizing people that have experienced these really really high like stress or traumatic events it just is allowing for people who may not fit into that category to realize that they are also qualified and deserving of getting the help and support that they that they need. Yes, I 110% agree with all of that. <laughs> because our feelings also are connected to our subconscious mind and that fight or flight mode, mm-hmm. right? If we're not feeling safe, then we're fighting to survive, right? Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And that's huge. So um yeah. And then when we have these traumas, it's also going to show up in our lives later on in life. And as we grow up, right? So even in our adulthood, these wounds are going to continue to show up until you, you know, take inventory of them mm-hmm. and really take note of them and then start to heal them. So some of the ways that our inner child wounds show up is sometimes we don't feel like we're good enough. And I, that is the number one thing I see is people don't feel like they are good enough. And they then try to be high achievers. They are people pleasers, right? Afraid to say no to anybody because they might be fear of letting somebody down because you feel like you are in control of somebody else's happiness, right? Or they feel guilty, right, for standing up for themselves or for others. And we kind of talked about that before. Mm-hmm. It's like you feel worried about what somebody else will say, even though you're setting that boundary for yourself and being like, you can't talk to me like that. You can't say those things about me. Or that's not nice to say about somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's really standing that ground. And a lot of the time, we're afraid to stand up for ourselves. We just kind of laugh it off when, and then later be like, wow, that really hurt. Yeah. Later you go and cry about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Instead of just being like, listen, you say that about me. Like it's not, that's not okay. Right. Um, It's high levels of anxiety. That is a really big sign of an inner child wound. If you are anxious, if say things aren't going as planned or that spontaneousness, right? Or it's it's normal to feel anxious when you're stepping outside your comfort zone because again, your subconscious mind, its job is to keep you safe. So stepping and doing something unknown is scary, but if you're experiencing high levels of anxiety when you're still in your comfort zone, that's a sure sign that you have a wounded inner child. Yeah, that's important to point out when you're in your comfort zone and you are experiencing these high levels of anxiety. I think that's a very good point because a lot of people will just assume that, okay, going and doing things that they don't usually do. That's normal to feel anxious about those things. It's when you're sitting at home and then just out of the blue, you're having like a panic attack or an anxiety attack and you literally like have done nothing. That's when it's an issue. But it's also important to know that when you start to do this work, like you can recover from that. You can, things can become easier and you can sort of minimize that anxiety, even if it's something that you've been diagnosed with, like that you have an anxiety disorder. It's not something that you have to live with. That's going to debilitate you for your whole life. Yeah. I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety, and Mm -hmm. it's something that I no longer take medication for which I'm like, this isn't the same for everyone, but 
I have just been lucky that in doing this healing, I have been able to heal those parts of myself. Mm -hmm. And when I start to feel depressed or I start to feel anxious, I now have the coping strategies instead of going back to alcohol or drugs, right. Or food, I'm able to cope with it in a, in a way that actually serves me. Mm -hmm. If you have a wounded inner child, if you're using substances to Mm -hmm. ultimately, um, combat or just at least even mask what's going on inside you a lot lot of the time that's alcohol drugs food television shopping Mm -hmm. right um sex porn that could be any of those things that you become addicted to if you have an addiction it nine times out of ten means that there is something you need to heal no like 9.5 out of 10 and a lot of times I think that you have, you pick up these addictions because that's exactly what you saw the people in your childhood doing. And, and it just, that's all, you know, so it's easy and you just numb everything and carry on. And you have this weird twisted sense that you're doing fine when really, at least in my experience, when really you are not. You are not doing fine. (laughs) You are not. And then I always found like the day after using those things to cope, you feel worse about yourself, right? You beat yourself up and then you think what's wrong with me? What's wrong? Like why? And then you get stuck back in that coping cycle. So then you go back to the addiction and you use it again to heal. And until you can understand what's really going on, you're going to continue to use those coping mechanisms. It's so true. Yeah. And, and same with like, if you see your parents, you know, maybe they're just very explosive in their emotions, then you become explosive. So when your kids freak out, you're like, then you freak out trying to calm them down because that's how your parents raised you. Right. Mm -hmm. So you take on those, yeah, those reactions as your own reactions again, because it's stored in your subconscious mind that when somebody else freaks out, then you are supposed to freak out on them. And that's, (laughs) you know, how, how it works. And that's how it balances out. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, I know that we worked together on, I I don't know if this was the beginning of your healing journey when we kind of worked in coach like you on really identifying your, you know, childhood traumas, because this is a part of the holistic approach that I work with my clients on. And I love to call them soulful sessions, because it's very much setting the scene and opening yourself up and really healing yourself on a soul level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I had actually been kind of dabbling in meditations. So I I had downloaded insight timer and I was doing one of the, like it's a third was a 30 day to rebirth like meditation series. And it was amazing, but I didn't believe, like, I didn't really believe or know a lot about like inner child stuff. So I hadn't started doing that kind of work until coach like you, where you like kind of open that whole door up for me. And I was like, holy shit. And I still, I, I don't even think, yeah, no, that would have been my first um, introduction to like inner child work. Um, and it was extremely, extremely eye opening. You know, we had a good life. Like we went on ski trips. We got to do things. We were always all together. Those kind of things. Like I, what did I have to complain about? Right. Kind of thing. Like our, my childhood was great, but then you start sort of looking deeper. And and I was, I began to realize just how much of, um, you know, the, the, the cycles and, and behaviors and patterns that I was trying to change, but not making any progress with, it was because they were so connected to this like inner child part of me. And I hadn't even like opened that door. I hadn't done any investigating. So it was really hard to recover to the full extent that I wanted to, to like really, really be able to stop drinking because for me, drinking is not something that sits well with my soul. Like I am more in touch with myself and who I'm supposed to be when I don't drink at all. And I love that. Like I 
I'm happier when I'm not drinking. And even if that's one drink to like however many. And, but I could not stop. And it was because I, I hadn't done any of this inner child work. So still, I was still kind of at this like surface level in a way and not able to like really heal and move past, um, you know, getting caught in these kind of spirals um, where you are like, I couldn't deal with certain things. So like I had, I think right before I sort of did coach like you or it was right after um one of uh, it was either right before or right after i like experienced a, like a just a, a miscarriage and right away like that day got wasted because that's like how i could cope with it and then i experienced you know after kind of coach like you opening that door and then continuing also to like be in your containers where you do talk so much on this which is so so beneficial being able to really dive deeper into this work and healing these parts of me. And then when I experienced my like missed miscarriage, which was like a lot more traumatic, I was able to not give in to those, you know, kind of, it's not that they don't show up, but when they do show up, I'm able to, you know, be like, no, we have other ways of coping. We do not need to do that. Sit the fuck back. We're fine. <laughs> you know? So the, it, and it also totally coach like you changed the trajectory of my business. I went into that being like, okay, you know, beach body coaching, I'm feeling like shit about it. I need something to help me like get back on track. And a couple months later, I am not a coach anymore. I'm Reiki doing Reiki and have like just continued on that path, which just sits so much better with my soul like you really opened me up to that doorway to like actually connecting with my soul when everything else before that was really surface level yes you found your icky guy and <laughs> through it all right like your reason for being in yeah that's amazing I love that and I love that you were able to in healing yourself you were able to heal your coping mechanisms so when yeah. it really hit and you were able to you know have these other ways of coping with it versus mm -hmm. turning back to alcohol the same way you had in the past. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, like with the inner child work, especially that session that we did, um, like the, the soulful session, is that what your soul session or soulful session? I can't remember. Soulful, session. soulful yeah. session. Okay. So with that, it really opened my eyes up a lot to Again, just the fact that so many of these coping mechanisms and beliefs that I had, especially the ones that were like negative, like the ones that made me think I wasn't good enough, the anxiety, all that actually were not me at all. And I was then like after that session, I was really able to pick out the different voices. So like when my ego comes in and starts to like chatter and everything, I'm actually able to give it like it has the voice of that person that it actually belongs to. And it's not me. And that really also is like super beneficial when you can have that kind of awareness in, in any kind of healing or recovery journey. Yeah. I'd love if uh, you'd even share a little bit about like your inner child healing experience, like yeah. what that looked like for you. So, <laughs> and I'm happy to share mine mm -hmm. afterwards okay. as well. So it started off definitely with that session where, you know, we did the meditation and we, as a little girl, and we chat with like our, whichever figure that was like the most prominent within our like, you know, our beliefs and, and all that as a child that like shifted them. And that was extremely um, helpful. But I did go back because the nice thing was that you recorded these things. So I could go back and sort of, you know, get an idea of how you did it and then go back and do a meditation because I sort of really felt like there was one other person in my life that kind of popped up a lot more. Like I, I sort of started doing more journaling, connecting with that kind of diving into where my beliefs were coming from. Like I do a lot of my work sort of on my own. I like to journal. So I'll go through and look for journal prompts just on Pinterest sometimes and like go that route. So that's kind of what I did in the beginning. Um, and, and I really felt like I 
there was another person in my life that really had a, a strong impact on my developing um, into this more culturally conditioned version of myself. Um, and it was really hard at first to kind of be able to let go of the um, like resentment. Honestly, I, I had and held on to a lot of resentment and I do still, I do still struggle a, a tiny bit with it because there was a lot of very traumatic like experiences and you realize, you start to realize that like, okay, as a child, like what, like who treats people like that? And you do like, it, it's really hard. It's a really hard thing to, to navigate, but I've always been so thankful that you share so much um, insight in your like other containers that I've been a part of. And, and especially in regards to like finding your worth and, and that, so having that work on top of like, when you're doing this, it sort of allows for you to, you know, find a bit more compassion and grace and know like your worth and, and move forward, knowing that you can let go of this and it doesn't really impact you. But ultimately now my go-to is mirror work. I love, love, love mirror work. I call up my, you know, inner child and I look her in the eyes as I'm looking at myself in the mirror. And I just talk to her and like, we'll just, I'll just pretty much, I have a conversation with myself. I know it sounds crazy, but it's so powerful for me, mirror work for anything. Like I, I love it. And you can, I can tell her little affirmations if I feel that she's, you know, struggling a bit. I also just really play with my kids a lot. When you have kids, just being able to give your inner child that like attention is so helpful too. So like when you are doing this work, just to like, you know, realize that every now and then she wants to come out and play. So I engage in play. And then Reiki has also been super, super helpful because our inner child sits in our solar plexus chakra. Um, and a lot when you're that chakra is imbalanced, you'll find that, you know, you are way more on an ego frequency and your inner child does not come out very often. You are very disconnected from your soul and your inner child really is that like gateway that like that, that gateway to your soul, because when before you started having this culturally like conditioned uh, conditioning happening, you are so connected to who you are meant to be and who you're like your soul self is as a child. And then it's people's like, you know, telling you not to do things and all that kind of stuff that disconnects you from that. So doing a lot of like, like Reiki has also been really helpful and, and being able to determine much easier what my inner child needs, what healing she needs. So that's pretty much what I do. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And that was actually a lot of what you said was a part of like the four tips that I had for <laughs> healing your inner child. So it, it's perfect. It totally leads right into that. Is well, like, I have learned from the best. So it makes <laughs> sense that I would be doing what, what you're like going to be letting people know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, for myself, like I found I was really stuck in this comparison cycle. And I think a lot of women are. And for me, it really, st it, it helped in understanding where that stemmed from in order for me to heal it. So in my life, it found, it showed up as me um, having a hard time being friends with other women or because I'd compare myself to them. So it was also turned into the sisterhood wound. Uh, I, in my business, it showed up as me comparing myself to other people in different industries wondering why I wasn't like them or why I didn't look like them or why I didn't act like them, right? Really getting stuck in that. And I realized that for me, that stemmed from my sister, right? I have like, a, what, like you were saying, I, you know, I had a beautiful family. I like grew up in a really great way. I didn't have trauma the same way that some people do. So looking back at it, I was like, no, I had a great childhood, but it was like that comparison part came from my sister was always like, I was always told it was like my hot older sister. Like she was, you know, she was the, the be all end all. And I was just like there, you know, like my friends would always say stuff like that. I mean, I, I didn't want any of them anyway, <laughs> doesn't help. And then, you know, teachers 
pictures compare us together. And like, I was this loud, boisterous person with a whole lot of energy. She was very like calm and collected, you know? So yeah. we would be compared in that way um, by friends, family, right? So you start to, I grew up being compared to somebody. So then I started to compare myself to everybody. So it became this you know, what I started doing. And then that negatively impacted my life. But in identifying really what it was that, where was these things stemming from? So even like we talked about addiction, right? Where did that come from? Where did that start? And then you can start to heal it. Because if you don't understand where where these things are coming from, you're it's going to be a lot harder to you know, start to heal those parts of yourself because you're just like, I don't know why this is happening. Like, I don't know what's up. But one of my tips for your inner child is to accept that your parents did the best that they could, to accept that society did the best that they could with what they knew, right? That the people in your town did the best that they could with what they knew. Because if not, you stay stuck in resentment. You are resenting everybody around you and you're placing blame onto everyone, which doesn't help you heal because you're holding on to anger and anger and love cannot be in the same space at the same time. So in accepting that those people did the best that they could allows you to let go of that anger, to let go of that hate and bring in love. Because when you show love towards other people, you can also show love to yourself. And that's a really important thing because that's really, it's, it's easy to blame other people. It's easier to blame other people than accept that like, this is my life. This is how it all came about. This is how it happened. But when you can accept that, you know, they did the best that they could with what they knew. That this generational trauma that they experienced was all they knew, right? Mm-hmm. And my parents always say, you know, like, children don't come with a like with a book like on like how to raise them you know you raise them with how you think is right and how the best that you can do so it's just understanding and forgiving those people that's really step one is knowing that they did the best because if not then you hold on to that resentment and that resentment is not hurting that other person that resentment is hurting you yeah and that was something I realized that I I had a lot of was holding on to that kind of resentment. It wasn't, it didn't really f- show up as like resentment, but this anxiety, like I would get so uncomfortable knowing that a certain person was like going to be coming to my house. And especially because I did not invite them, like they would be invited to come visit us by other people. And so I would just be so uncomfortable and that would lead to me having to drink or thinking I had to drink because I couldn't deal. And then as I would drink, it would fester and come out as that anger. But at first it was just extreme anxiety to have that person in my home because I just. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing about resentment is it shows up in different different ways. ways. Yeah. Could be anger, it could be anxiety, it could be leaning on addictions to cope. You know, it's resentment doesn't necessarily just show up as anger. Yeah. But even in like you said, when you started to drink, then you started to get angry. yeah, then it would come out as anger because I wouldn't feel as like that, you know, you get that kind of liquid courage, right? When before the drink, I would feel so small. And like, so like small, so I wouldn't do or say or like anything, I would be like completely frozen. And then I would drink and I would get this like false sense of courage. And then it would all just come out because you also lose that, like, you know, your inhibitions. (laughs) You don't like filter through what you're going to say. No, No, it just comes flowing out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And And another point, I think too, just sorry, on the resentment is the forgiveness thing. You also have to understand that it's just going to be you forgiving this person. They are not going to be, they can't even majority of the time, they don't even realize, like you said, like they've done the best they could. They don't realize that the way that you, that they treated you may have been 
damaging or, or like wrong, not, not right and not kind and everything. So you are not going to get that kind of closure. Like you just sort of have to forgive them and, and let it be right. Like just sort of release that attachment to it and, and know that it's sort of only going to be one-sided and you have to sort of be okay with that. Yeah. Which is and- hard. And, and it's okay to have the conversation with them if that's what you need for yourself to let mm-hmm. go. But yeah, knowing that they might not reply in the way that you want them to, or they might not, you know, react the way that you want them to, because again, you're forgiving them for you, not for mm-hmm. them, not yeah, for their exactly. reaction, not for what they're going to say. So even if maybe it's just forgiving them within yourself yeah, and not and even having that conversation. Yeah. You don't forgive them to get validation from them. You validate yourself by just forgiving them for you. Yeah. And that, and that's part of the process of healing, right? Yeah. Because a lot of the time we are seeking external validation, especially from the people that hurt us. Oh yeah. So if, if we can that valid, we learn to validate ourselves in the process of forgiving them. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And then that ultimately leads me into saying that it's really, the second tip is to let your inner child be seen and let her be heard. And part, there's a few ways of doing this. You mentioned mirror work, which is really great, especially looking yourself in the eyes because your inner child is you and she still lives in your psyche. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is meditation. If you can meditate and see that person is see yourself in that little little girl, you know, and have that conversation with her and ask her what she needs, you know, what, what do you need today? You know, what, what, how can I, how can I let you be seen? That's a very magical experience as well. And then another thing is create a list of everything that you loved as a child, create this list of like, I mean, for me, I love to run. I love to play soccer. I love to bike. I like to be outdoors. You know, I like to swim. I like to all those things. And then anytime I try to one, do one of those things every single day. But if you are new to this, then I suggest trying to incorporate that at least once throughout your week. So I did that. I remember I've done it a couple of times because it actually took me a while to be able to actually decipher like in the beginning what it was that I was told I should be doing as a child and the activities that I was told to do versus what I actually did enjoy and wasn't just told and like forced to do kind of forced to do so much as a child that I was like then told that I enjoyed this thing so that that one was that exercise I have done that and it was tricky for me it was really tricky (laughs) Yeah, especially if you were told as a kid, like, you should like these things, you know, Mm -hmm. or your parents forced you to be in certain activities, even though you're Mm -hmm. like, I don't like these, I don't want to do this. And it it really is about finding like, what did you like? Did you Mm -hmm. love coloring? Or did you like to paint? Or, you know, what, what did you enjoy? Did you like to read? Yeah. Right. Is is that what you like? Do you love to? I know you love to read Harry Potter. <laughs> so, like, even just pulling out one of those books when you're just like mm-hmm. having that deep anxiety or feeling super depressed, right? And knowing yeah. that's going to bring you joy because not only are you filling that part of you, you're filling your psyche, your inner child, but you're also fulfilling something that you enjoy. So it's just finding that about yourself, and that's a part of rediscovering who you are, right? Connecting to your soul again, because like you mentioned along the way, you become who society tells you to be. And And it makes who you are. Yeah. And it makes sense. So these things like skiing and bike riding, they give me anxiety. When I go and do those things, I don't enjoy it. I actually get anxious. And that right there is an indicator that it is not in alignment with who I truly am. If you are getting anxiety from doing things like that, especially if they're things that you've been doing for a long time in your whole life, it that right there should just be an indicator that that actually is not something that you like to do. And it knowing that too has actually made 
motherhood a little bit easier. So I know things like Lego and stuff. No, like Lego really easily can trigger me. And so it's not that I don't, I avoid those things. It's just, I try to, you know, if I can have Pat be the Lego guy, then he's the Lego guy. I'll do painting. I'll do, I'll take them to the park. I'll do all those kind of things. But Lego is not for me. I do not like Lego. Yeah. And that's part of it really, right? Mm -hmm. It's like learning that and being able to set those boundaries because a lot of the time when we have a wounded inner child, setting boundaries is not a thing. Like it is so hard to do because you don't know your boundaries because you don't know yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of it too. And and then that kind of leads into my third tip is reparenting yourself. Really starting to the step one is identify what was missing or, or what was it that you need needed, but just never got right as a child. And that could be physical, emotional, it could be social or physiological, right? And identifying that first. And then step two is teach yourself those things, Mm -hmm. right? So maybe that's doing the mirror work and telling it if it's like an emotional thing, then it's telling yourself those affirmations, right? If it's a physical Mm -hmm. thing, maybe it's giving hugs to like the people you love, right? Showing that even to yourself. It's important giving after each mirror work session, I always end with a big self hug. And I think that self hugs are something that people, we just don't do, but they are so powerful and people should be doing that more. You should be hugging yourself more. Yes. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And, and it's also teaching yourself things like we were just talking about, like setting those healthy boundaries, learning how to set those. And then sticking to them, not just setting them, but like standing firm in the boundary that you set. Like, you know, you don't do Lego. Like the kids know mom just does not do Lego. We just know that, right? Like that's a strong boundary. It's um, effective communication. Maybe it's just learning to very much open up. And this is a lot of the time our throat chakras are closed Yes, off, And we have a hard time to speak our truth, even to the people we love. So it's learning how to communicate effectively because maybe your parents didn't communicate effectively with you. And so then you took that on, but now it's reparenting yourself to learn how to do that in a way mm-hmm. that feels good to you. That actually is going to help you in your life, right? It's maybe it's being able to identify or express yourself and manage and accept your, your emotions. A lot of the time too, we avoid what we're feeling and we just push on and that creates higher levels of anxiety kind of like what you're mentioning with people show up at your house and then you have this anxiety it turns into anger because you're not even realizing like one setting the boundary of no sorry yeah that's yeah that's (laughs) a that's a tough one (laughs) yeah but also identifying you know the emotions that you're feeling and Mm -hmm. sitting in it I always say like you got to sit in the shit you got to see how you feel in order order to let it go and like feel into it if you are sad freaking cry it out a lot of the time sometimes I'm like I just really need to cry right now I need 20 minutes just to like full-blown cry let it out like and in that process of letting it out I realize what's bothering me Mm -hmm. too right like that realization of what's causing this a lot of the time we become angry and we don't understand why we're angry so it's like sitting in that motion and being like okay what is happening here why do I feel this way and in asking yourself that question you can then process through it and you can come out the other side knowing one what was bothering you in the first place and two being able to like be really understand what's happening in your body in your mind and in your body and then process that yeah um it's showing yourself that self-love right the love that you may not have received in giving yourself that hug right Mm -hmm. in having giving yourself a shower right like a lot of the time when I'm super depressed I just don't even shower and I'm just like I just don't want to I don't feel good like I just but then it's like okay I need to show myself that love I need that love today right um it's validating yourself right not seeking that and if you find you are seeking that external validation asking yourself how can I validate myself how can I make myself feel good 
how is it like what do I need today yeah really? what going do back I need? to yeah. like allowing your inner child to be seen and to be heard what do I need mm-hmm. right and then that that also is self-discovery again what like what is it that you enjoy what don't you enjoy find that out for yourself really it's about finding who you were before the world told you who to be. Oh, yes, exactly. Yes. And I think honest to goodness, as far as like my journey has gone, self-discovery has been like my favorite part, like my favorite portion of my healing and recovery journey. So I do spend a lot of time sitting in there because I, I love learning and understanding. I love learning and understanding other people. And I've loved loved learning and being able to understand myself better so I do spend a lot of time there and it allows you in understanding who you are it allows Mm -hmm. you to then express yourself in a way that feels good to you because a lot of the time we if you're like me compare yourself to other people and think I if I want to be successful like that person I need to dress like that person I need to act like that person but that's not who I am that's not how I express myself so that's never going and and especially in business people are buying the destination not the airplane itself right so it's like okay then show up in your way show up people are buying because especially when you're a soulfulpreneur and a solopreneur then you are the face of your brand so people are really wanting other people buy sell reiki but why are they working with you because they love how you show up. They love who you are. They love how you're expressing yourself. And in healing your inner child, you're able to fully express yourself in a way that feels good to you, even if that doesn't go with society norms or how your parents told you that you needed to act or show up. Yeah, because so much about recovering your inner child is about disconnecting yourself from those beliefs like you know you're reclaiming your power it doesn't matter what other people are telling you you should do or who you should be or what they've told you in the past you know you're reclaiming your power and you get to decide who you are and how you show up with it's beautiful yeah I love that and that's part of reparenting yourself is really Mm -hmm. learning that and then my fourth tip is really to have support because you had mentioned, you know, that you do a lot of the stuff on your own and you can, but you can only do so much on your own. Yeah. Because- when I, I get overwhelmed and I love I, it's, I'm able, it's more that more so that I'm able to stay committed to things that I've learned to implementing the steps that I've learned. So like, I love being in containers like coach, like you and like your other all of your stuff and other containers I've been in with other coaches and mentors, but I'm very good at um, discipline, I guess, and being able to continue to implement routines and rituals that I know will help me deepen things and like sort of going out of my way. So I know journaling is a good way to go about self-discovery. So I can go out on my own and find journal prompts or or whatnot on my own type thing. It's not that I have done all this on my own. It's just, it's because that is overwhelming, especially when you struggle with anxiety. It is so overwhelming to go out and try and be like, hey, where do I start? It's getting, having someone to support me for where I start, but I'm able to continue on with what I've learned very well by myself. Sorry, I should have clarified better. <laughs> and that's that's exactly it. If you're just starting or even there's a couple pieces. If you are just starting and you have no idea where to start, having that added support and that's very much what we do inside our inside my soulful session is like that's really blowing the door open to your healing. And then having the support to know, okay, what steps to take going forward, Mm -hmm. right? Like you even said in these other containers. So yes, you are implementing what you learned, but you had to learn it somewhere, right? Yeah. So And healing is a lot about expansion. So once you learn one thing, eventually you're going to have to go out and look at something new to implement because you you're going to need to continue to expand and that may take you down different routes so one your inner child might you might be working on inner child healing but eventually like you're going to have to move on to 
the next step or, or healing a different part of you and implementing things. So for me in particular, it's a lot about my emotions and being able to move energy through my actual body. So I'm sort of transitioning out of just mental spirituality stuff and into this like more embodiment work and really connecting to my body and the energy that's there. And that's just how, you know, everyone's, your, your direction is going to be different, but you're always going to need to be learning something, something else at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. Your healing only goes so far and it's kind of like therapy and the fact of, you know, you can't go to therapy once and be like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> you know, cause things will come up and you will be triggered by certain things and you may have healed this part of you, but then you realize that there's another unhealed part of you. Mm -hmm. And obviously as we go through life, we're triggered or there's other traumas that happen and having that added support is really helpful. And I always say like, I'm not a therapist and my sessions are not therapy, but it's very therapeutic. Yeah. So, and they work great in conjunction with therapy too. So like, if you are someone that's in therapy, don't think that you can't do this because it's not going to help you because it really will. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you learn this piece, right. And you bring that into therapy mm -hmm. as well, which helps your healing on an even deeper level on yeah. a soulful level. Right. And it's really having that opportunity to grow in different ways and a long way. So, you know, you may have, do the soulful session and then, you know, continue on your healing. And then you get, like you said, you get to this point and you're like, okay, now I need this support for this next level because we're always leveling up, right? We're becoming our higher power and each one is like a step, right? On, on the stairs. So you're on this first step. Well, you're at the bottom when you first start, right? And then you take that first step in talking to someone and understanding, okay, where does my biggest, where are my biggest wounds and start healing there. And then it becomes easier to heal the, the smaller ones. And the thing about healing is it's not easy. It is not easy. And having somebody there in the beginning is really important because it's hard. It's hard. And having somebody to support you in that and understand what you're going through, because again, you can, you can heal these parts of yourself, but like you said and and do all the things but then you get to a certain point and you're like okay I'm at that next step I'm ready to mm -hmm. take that next step to the next level so I need now that extra added support so I can almost decompress everything that I've already healed up to this point to now move to that next level and forgive and let go of because if not it goes back to that resentment and holding on to it and it's like this backpack we wear in life and every time we don't heal something it gets put in our backpack. And after a while, that backpack becomes really freaking heavy. So it's taking things out and letting them go. What I love about inner child healing is like, there's so many steps to it, but not to overwhelm yourself is like, start at the beginning, yes. start with forgiveness, move on to like allowing yourself to be seen, to be heard, and then reparent yourself you know, and then having that support sprinkled out throughout that process is going mm -hmm. to really just change the game for you. And is especially if you are someone who struggles with addiction, um, depression, or anxiety, the, this is really a game changer. Like I cannot, because especially as someone who struggles with all three of those, this was, yeah, eye-opening. And that's really why I'm so passionate about it. And that's why I bring it into my business coaching because it's just, it's game changing on a, yes. on a soul level, on a business level, on a spiritual level. It's just, yeah, it can change your life. And like you said too, like you can be told by other coaches, like, you know, get those five-step strategies. Like this is what you need to do. But again, like, and it comes down to, again, that like surface work, like this is why you need that kind of inner work because you can be told to do all these things, but if you're not actually also working on yourself, your inner child and helping her or him heal, you're, you're not going to be able to stick to those things. You're just going to keep being in that same lull. So for me, when I did coach like you, I had burnt out so bad and then was unable to like move forward at all.
And I knew, I just, I knew that something wasn't sitting right with me. I just didn't know that it, what it was. And that's why I came into this program was to sort of like get that direction. I didn't realize to the extent how like much, how deep it was going to go. And I'm so thankful for that because that's really what truly, you know, allows you to make these changes that you need, especially if you're, you know, going into these programs as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, um, to make the changes that you need to be able to actually follow through with these five-step strategies. If you're not doing, making those changes on that inner level, you're not going to be able to commit (laughs) to whatever strategy is being like thrown at you because you're not changing who you are. Yes. Yes. I love that. And And my soulful session isn't just for entrepreneurs. It's very much for anyone coach like you. If you are someone who is feeling super stuck in your business, kind of like what you said, like burnt out, stuck, just feeling like you lack direction, then definitely highly recommend that. Mm -hmm. I also offer one-on-one coaching. If you are someone who is, has all these ideas and really wants to start implementing them. And again, that soulful session is definitely in there as well. So Mm -hmm. there's lots of ways to work with me if you are wanting to really elevate and grow and really step into your next level and live a life of freedom. And when I say freedom is like, whatever that looks like for you, Mm -hmm. what does freedom mean to you? What is it that you desire? So that way you can start living that life for yourself. And if you work with her, I swear you're going to get addicted and you're never going (laughs) to stop. You're never going to stop because her energy and everything that she brings to her containers is just so, so it's like, I don't even have words to like describe how amazing it is. And I don't want to cry. So, and I'm not being paid to say this. I swear. I love you, Bailey. And I'm forever grateful that our paths crossed and that we've done so much work together on, on a soul level and on a business level. Yeah. You have like, you really changed, like, like you really opened this whole world up for me. And now I'm like here helping other people as well. And like, it just is amazing. That's what happens when you have mentors and you have that support, you know, you really can make the changes that you need. And then you can continue to help other people change, whether that's in a business or just in your everyday, because when you start healing, that's, you just, you start shifting everyone around you honest to goodness yes I couldn't agree with you more and I again thank you so much for having me on the podcast this has been amazing I have loved every minute of it so thank you so much (laughs) thank you so so much I have it's been an honor to be able to share you you know you are my biggest mentor one of my biggest supporters and I'm so so thankful I get to call you a friend Thank you so, so much for joining me today, for holding space for me as I hold space for you and for listening to the podcast. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And if you feel called to it, please leave a review because it really does help a girl out. Stay wild and well, you beautiful souls.